0: It bright
1: to the I Love South Orange County podcast, and we're going to combine them again so the sports fans will know when the Angels are coming back, right, And baseball as we're going to talk about COVID-19 and uh, the beach cities in Orange County, California, and then later on uh, today, I'm going to finish up my... uh, COVID-19 A to Z from the beginning of the virus to where we are at now. And we are very, very fortunate and lucky to have uh, Dr. Jim Gardner, former uh, professor at Ohio, the Ohio State University, former mayor of Lake Forest. (laughs) He's been, uh, in every election he's kind of uh, outgunned up Spent 100 to 1, he ends up winning, and it was just a miracle how he ended up having uh, the council majority. And during those city council meetings, watching Dr. Gardner used to remind me of a boss of mine. I had uh, Mr. Harrington, who was an independently wealthy guy. And what Mr. Harrington always said was, Know the numbers, and you will know everything. And Dr. Gardner, uh, for years, has been able to break down statistics and just debunk uh, what people were trying to say and trying to gaslight us and fool us uh, wasting taxpayers' money. So thank you very much for uh, being able to break this down for us, Dr. Gardner. Okay, happy to be here. Now, I've been following uh, on your Facebook page, and you've been breaking down in detail uh the numbers in lake forest where we live as far as uh 19 and what they mean to lake forest and comparing them to cities around us and we'll get to those conclusions but what what prompted you dr Gardner, to be able to uh, or, or to come up with that format on your Facebook page, uh, Lake Forest Town Square. Well, actually, I've
0: been looking at um, the virus not just in Lake Forest, but in Orange County, and then that got me because I found some things in Orange County. I had some hypotheses that then got me studying the virus in San Diego. Los Angeles and San Francisco, that led me to look at it in California and that led me to end up looking at it uh, nationwide. So I've been um, looking at the virus uh, from all these perspectives. Uh, My focus was Lake Forest, but that led me uh, down many other paths. So I actually have data about um, the virus, as I said, county region state in nationwide well then it's a pretty serious thing and sometime in early march i realized that we weren't getting the right data or enough data if i was going to uh, benefit from what's going on i needed to do some of my own data digging that wasn't being done by other people. So that kind of why I did it out of self-interest.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And, and it's a theme, right? And I encourage everybody, uh, we're halfway through, really. And uh, I'm going to connect the dots a little bit, but we've all been distracted by COVID-19. Uh, Dr. Gardner did a study on the homeless. And a reoccurring theme that you just mentioned was, that there's a lot of flaws in the data collection, right? And you have to do your own independent research, especially yeah. now that it's so polarized. You got the people on the far left want to tell you a story. The people on the far right want to tell you a story. And I'm finding that we have to do a lot of independent research ourselves.
0: Yeah, actually, it started, well, I've been a researcher. As a clinical psychologist, I've been doing research for decades. I probably have about a dozen books and, uh, I don't know, a hundred professional articles and right. uh, published all over the world. Uh, so I'm reasonably good in my research skills. And uh, when I got to uh, Lake Forest, oh, about 15 years ago, and after I retired about 15 years ago, and I went to a city council meeting, they were giving a, um, a report and the report showed um, how much animal shelters cost, how much they were in the red, and therefore Lake Forest didn't want to build its own animal shelter. And I I looked at their study, and I thought to myself, well, there's something very funny here. It doesn't make sense to me that they should be losing so much money. I got a hold of the data, and it turns out the morons who were collecting the data and the people who sat on the council looking at the data didn't realize they were only being given the costs of running an animal shelter. Right. Nobody looked at the uh, earnings, the revenue that came in to the animal shelter. When you put the revenue in, when you put it back into the report, you actually found out that animal shelters were making about as much money as they were spending. And in fact, it would have been cheaper for the city to have their own animal shelter, then to contract with the county. But the report that the staff gave, uh, how, has—just how stupid do you have to be? Right. We'll report on profit and loss and only look at the expenses and not the revenue. That was my first clue that something is wrong here. Subsequently, when I looked at the county's data, the county's data, their way of tracking how many animals they killed, in those days, we were one of, one of the highest kill shelters in the entire country. It's not true anymore, um, but in those days it was. And they were tracking the data incorrectly. And right. I came into a big fight with the head of the uh, animal shelter who accused me of being an idiot and who subsequently resigned and the county changed their data system to right. be the system I was suggesting. The uh, So that was the count, city council bad data, county bad data with the animal shelter. The thing with the homeless, uh, the reports you're getting have so many errors in them. I, I have to write a report on their report, which I give to them, although they pay no attention to it and don't update their data. Their data itself, they lose data. So I made a public uh, report public uh, information request, so they're required by law to give me their data. It took them six months to give me their data, and I had to really threaten a lawsuit. Uh, They finally six months to give me their data, and I believe they lost like 300 records. The data just didn't add up. So I I know for a fact that the, the data we're being given is flawed and lost and correctly analyzed. So in the corona, it's a long, more than you wanted, explanation of why I ended up crunching my own numbers.
1: Right. And, 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 and that's a theme, right, that uh, on the podcast, is that you have to do your own research. Don't take what we say as gospel. This is just a starting point for you uh, to do your own research.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And uh, the more people do their own work, they can reach their own conclusions and and sometimes actually almost all the time the data may be there, but it's not in a format that answers the question you want. So you have to take the data, you have to massage it so that it produces the kinds of uh, answers to questions that you pose because don't count on the county or the city or the state to do the data in such a way that it's useful to you. You need to take their data. Bear in mind, their data is probably incorrect, but it's all you have. Still, you can take their data and begin to uh, manipulate it, look at it from this perspective, from that perspective, and answer the questions you wanted to answer. One of the questions I had that got me started, was just how dangerous is Lake Forest right? Uh, and uh, dangerous from an infection rate. And that data I couldn't get from the county, but I could get the number of cases. I could get some data, and then I used my own uh, formulas to produce the ratios Uh, because it makes no difference. So if I told you that 30 people have the virus in Lake Forest, Right. Well, okay, is that serious? Well, 35 have it in uh, Elisa Viejo. Oh, well, Elisa Viejo is worse than Lake Forest. Let's stay in Lake Forest. Well, that's not really true because Elisa Viejo has half the people. Right. So on a per capita basis, Elisa Viejo actually has less than Lake Forest. So I started doing those kinds of data manipulations, so I was able to have a better sense of what was going on
1: absolutely and for those on the podcast i'll have a link so people can see how we're sharing the screen so uh you said you started looking at the national numbers or the world numbers dr gardner
0: well i started looking at the world numbers and i i threw out the world numbers because i believe that the the world is full of uh bs right (laughs) Right. you you know the chinese are lying right so, so don't have the same kind of a data reporting system that we have right so i i pretty much don't pay any attention to what they say about the world data yes it's bad i know it's bad but i don't want to use their data only use a uh, california data and u.s data where i'm pretty sure they're you know apples to apples oranges to oranges to being as good as they can be without wondering how the french counted or the italians or right. the chinese or the russians or the africans so, so yes yeah, i really have no comment on what's going on world. on a worldwide basis
1: so just to know real quick so on the worldwide basis the number we get from and the new york times gets it from james hopkins and the world organization uh the death rate if you divide that is 7.1 uh, percent right so now we'll go, we'll use the New York Times because James Hopkins doesn't want to give total numbers. They just break it down like Dr. Garden, uh, Gardner's saying to do. So the U.S. case right now as of 10 a.m. Eastern time uh, would have been maybe 7 a.m. Uh, West Coast time. That number is 5.9%. Now, am I going in the right direction where like uh, Madonna said that you learn from a lie. So I'm thinking that if I'm looking through the numbers, something important to look at would be pattern recognition. Some something some patterns, they kind of align. But like you're saying, we have the best scientists in the world, and they really don't know exactly what's going on. But if you look at the U.S. numbers, 1.2 million, right? Uh, 71,133 deaths, that's point Uh, 9%. And then uh, do you have any comment on the nationwide numbers before I go to uh, California?
0: No, not, uh, not especially. I know our rates are higher than the rest of the world, but I think that's probably a function of we're doing better data collection.
1: Right. So the more you test, the more cases come up. So California, they are at 2,400 deaths. And I think th- these numbers are flawed because now the Stanford University and uh, the Melinda Gates Foundation, they're both saying that uh, most likely the coronavirus started in California in late uh, November. But since they started counting, you have 24, 2,412 deaths Divided by 59,145, so that number goes down to 4% of a death rate with the available numbers. Any comment on the, on the nationwide, on the uh, California numbers, Dr. Gardner? Well, you know, I think all the numbers,
0: at the moment, people are very busy just trying to keep up with the the numbers as they're coming in. Right. As they're coming in, they're realizing that the previous numbers have been flawed, that some things called, uh, you know, a flu or uh, a stroke or et cetera, may have in fact been COVID-19 deaths all along. So I, I think we're probably a year or two years away from really having numbers that can be used uh, accurately. People, myself included, we're doing the best we can with the numbers we have at the moment, but you'd be foolish to think that these are the, ultimately, the the right numbers. In in addition to that, in something that nobody's talking about, and I don't understand why not, and that is that, uh, the long-term effects of this virus are of the virus and of the medications they're proposing at the same time are not being considered. And, um, so it may be, we're told this is a very contagious virus, but not particularly a deadly virus. Yeah, that may be true, but we don't know what the, uh, sequelae are of the, uh, of the problems that people have as a result of it. Now, of course, we won't know that for years, just as in the 1918 epidemic, people died, but the people who survived subsequently had major problems, neurological problems and death, sometimes as many as 60 years later. So even, and now we don't know that now, but we should be thinking about that. It's one thing to say, well, I eh, don't worry because the death rate is so small, so what if I can Well, if you found out 10 years from now, you're gonna suffer a stroke and 60 years from now, you're gonna have a brain tumor as a result of this virus, then it's a far more serious thing than the death rate itself uh, suggests. So I don't know why people are ignoring that. Maybe they're afraid of worrying people even more than they're already already worried. And we certainly don't have the data for that, but people should be uh, considering that when they consider the impact of the virus itself, as well as they're suggesting, oh, we're gonna come up with some drugs and we're gonna give them and then we'll figure it out. Yeah, thank you. Anybody remember thalidomide? Right. You know, what? what that produced, so. Right. Rushing drugs so that you can have a vaccine, so that you can declare a victory in the struggle, sounds like a good idea until you say, well, the reason it takes three to five years to come up with a vaccine is because you want to study the side effects, which sometimes are worse than the disease. Right. I'm a little worried that they're in their rush to come up with a, we solved it, they're going to ignore those things too. That's just, uh, and I don't need to worry anybody or.
1: Uh... Right, we're not putting any value judgment. We're just uh, providing with you the information so you can make the best decision for yourself and you learn how to research for yourself. So we come down to Orange County. We had, let's say, let's see what the New York Times will say versus the healthcare agency. The New York Times is saying uh, 3,041 cases. Uh, 96 per hundred would be the ratio. 61 actual deaths. So two deaths for every hundred thousand. So we'll go to Orange County numbers. And Orange County has less cases. <clears throat> they're they're reporting less cases than what the New York Times is reporting. They're reporting 69 deaths or 69 new cases as of yesterday, four deaths reported, and 61 deaths per day. And their number has been pretty consistent in the 2.1.9% range. Well, bear in mind
0: that the death rate the population stays the same. There's 3 million people in Orange County, more or less. So every day another person dies, the death rate goes up. Right. death rate's going up every day. Uh, the infection rate goes up every day. If you're just looking at how many people are infected, the population stays at 3 million, so every day, that goes by even if one more person is infected, the death rate is going to go up. So you know you have to develop a more uh, useful figure than that, which right. for example, rather than what's the infection rate, which we know is going to go up every day, you can take a new infection rate and you take the number of cases, uh, the number of tests given, by the number of cases that turn positive right it's a different infection rate, and that infection rate can go up or down right uh, whereas the overall infection rate itself is always going to go up if, just as the death rate is always going to go up so there's a, again what we said earlier on the data is out there in one form or another, but you have to turn it around and uh Put it in a format that's more useful to you i have a slide somewhere
1: yeah i just wanted to show real this real quick before we go into the slide and get into orange county this is what dr gardner's talking about right so when they say that's why when uh don wagner board of supervisors says well the curve has been flattened and then i looked at this and i'm like okay this (laughs) the curve's not been flattened however you have to go deeper like dr gardner saying look at this chart, where it shows you cases, uh, tests per day. So obviously on May 1st, when you have, uh, how many you have, 2,500 tests, right, on May 1st, May 1st is gonna show more infections, right?
0: Yeah, that's another problem with, again, how how you handle the data. If you're only looking at the infection rate, it's going to go up every day because the population stays the same. If you go to uh, uh, the number of infections, that's going to go up as a function of the tests themselves. So here's a graph I'm doing from uh, March 29th to May the 2nd. And what this is, this is the infection rate, but now we're just taking the number of tests in the number of tests that show up positive. Right. So if they only give fewer, uh, and they get fewer, it, it doesn't matter because we're only now looking at the percentage of the tests that are given which turn out to be positive. Now right. that so that, for
1: me first would be the twenty-four, the twenty-five ninety-four. And then twenty-five ninety-four. Divided by 162, right? Well, well, 162. Yeah,
0: but you can't, from that graph, you can't do anything, you can't see anything. Right. Now, if you go back to my graph, what you'll see in uh, here, looking at the infection rate, where we're controlling for that, you'll see uh, around March, we were between 7.5 seven and, and 8%. We rose steadily through the beginning through the middle of April almost to nine and a half percent. We stabilized at around nine percent, and then we came down steadily back to where we were before. so we're back down to seven and a half percent now that's good news the I was real worried when the when we were going from seven and a half to nine and a half percent almost on a daily basis. And then, we stabilized, We've come down. So the infection rate, not the number of infections, not the number of tests, right? Number of infections divided by the number of tests, which is a much better measure of what the infection rate is, shows that we're back to where we were before, and we've we had a really high uh, a high jump. We stabilized, We've come down. That's really good news. I don't know why the. Uh, Board of Supervisors, and why people aren't sharing that news. It's good news and bravo to the people of uh, Orange. Right.
1: Yeah, and I have a question about that, though, right? Because I want to make sure people know. Uh, Can you see that chart, tr- tr- Dr. Tr- Gardner, that I have? Not very well, no. Let me uh, switch it up here.
0: There now, it looks like scribbles, doesn't look like a chart. All right.
1: Well, I just have the stages. You have contamination, you have mitigation, right? You have contact tracing, right? We're in the contract tracing and treatment phase. And then the last phase is vaccine, right? So you go back to your chart.
0: Yeah, well, then this is an example of how you saw all those other charts you gave that really told us nothing. Right. It's a useful chart. That's really telling us something that we can use. It looks like in Orange County, what we've done, you know, we, we suffered a, an increase and we brought it back down, and that's a period of about 35 days, couple of weeks.
1: So those are the stages Gavin Newsom gave, right? So, and I guess Dr. Fauci choosing that same fate. So the question I have is mitigation, right? So we had shelter in place. We had behaviors, right? So do you think the behaviors are the reason for the reduction in the infection rate? Um, Because that's the question right now. They're saying that the infection rate is low because of mitigation. Now, you take the mitigation away, which is shelter in place, does that infection rate go back up? Cuomo would say yes. Don Wagner, Orange County, would say no.
0: Yeah, well, uh, I would agree with uh, Governor Cuomo. In fact, I'm <laughs> vote for both for president. I watch his things every day, and there's no better education you can get about the virus apart from Fauci. Right. Listening to Cuomo's every day, he he teaches a lot, and uh, I find those very educational. I agree with him and with Fauci. Every everybody who's dug into this, Right. who has half a brain or three quarters of a brain, will, will tell you that the, uh, the reason it's not out of hand is by mitigation. And uh, we see that. I, I think one of the reasons it's shorter for us than it is in a place like New York City is because we are far more reliant on, um, not reliant on public transportation. Right. Subways and buses, seems to me, and high-rise buildings, those are just incubators. And we didn't have that. And uh, so that's why we've been able to go back so quickly in less than a month, we're back to where we were when it, not when it started, but when it became a a problem. And I'm I'm looking forward to it continuing to go down, and I'll keep measuring it.
1: Right. So hopefully... There's some her- herd immunity built up, because herd immunity would be right after mitigation and treatments, right before the vaccine stage. So well, it's almost funny how the middle is always, always the longest. So the middle portion of that, yeah. the
0: good news, The good news is, yeah, herd immunity probably helps. The bad news is we're probably not going to get it in Orange County, because our incidence has been so low. We're lower compared to California and we're lower compared to the United States. So whereas New York City, who've had to suffer with it, probably will get herd immunity far more uh, quickly than we will, our infection rate, and I don't have the comparisons here, but compared to uh, to the US and compared to California, we're much lower and therefore we're much less likely to get the benefits of herd immunity
1: right and uh we can look look at it real quick i like going to john hopkins now john hopkins is good for what dr gardner just said as far as well yeah i don't need
0: john hopkins i like going to myself and uh if you're looking at
1: yeah, I'm sharing it right here and let's uh, look at New York. Think of New York, I always think of uh, the late 90s, uh, the Russian Jewish girl I lived with for two years in New- Coney Island. A lot of fun. Yeah,
0: I have the I have the data. Orange County, this is cases. Infection rates. Orange County, we were we were doing about 91 people uh, per hundred thousand while California was doing 122 and the US was doing 346. 91, 122, 346. That was our case rate. The death rate Orange County 1.7, California 4.8, US 20.3. So whether you're looking at the death rates or the case rates, we're doing significantly better than California or the United States. That's the good news. The bad news is if you're talking about herd immunity kicking in and being a benefit, we're the least likely uh, place for that to happen. And in fact, in South Orange County, where we're even less than the rest of Orange County, we're even less likely to benefit from herd immunity.
1: And that's the, and that's the stage we're at right now, and it seems like it's going to be the longest stage before a vaccine.
0: Now, you look at the graph you have up there. Now, that's the COVID nineteen incidents in South Orange County per hundred thousand. Those are the cities. the The regular cities are in blue. The beach cities are in red and green is the average. So you can see almost every city in South Orange County is below the average for the rest of the county. The only exception to that is Laguna Beach, which is almost twice the rate of the county. So that's one thing to see. So number one is Orange, South Orange County is doing much better than the rest of Orange County. The second thing to see is that in South Orange County, the beach cities are doing horribly. Four out of the five top ones are the beach cities. So beach cities doing much worse uh, in South Orange County, but South Orange County doing much better than Orange County. Orange County doing much better than California, California doing much better than the United States.
1: All right, so we're very fortunate. <laughs> so said to you lucky, then good. We're very fortunate where we're, we're at. When you, when you look at it from the coronavirus perspective, if the data is correct, right? Because that's the big if. And last night at the city council meeting, uh, she makes 300 grand a year. Deborah Rose said that she didn't wanna have any testing in uh, in Lake Forest. She didn't wanna mess up the numbers. She, was, she didn't think that a Lake Forest lab could report the numbers, which I think is ridiculous.
0: Well, that's, yeah, I, I wasn't there. I don't know what she said. If, whoever said that, that's simply, stupid, what you're interested in is the proportion, not the number of tests. As the number of tests go up, the number of infections go up, yes. But as we looked in the first thing, what's important is the proportion of the people tested versus uh, who get the the incidence. Every professional, every professional in this field, from Fauci and Bright down to the CDC, will tell you that more testing is better. They, you know anyone who says we shouldn't test i don't know who said that but if the so- road
1: said that and uh, okay. when, uh when i do my big one i'll put the video of her saying that uh for somebody making three hundred thousand dollars a year that was a very very uh unfortunate remark uh this slide shows the big beach cities again uh very high incidence for hundred thousand. Yeah, um, the beach
0: cities are amongst also the top 10 Uh, Cities in uh, Orange County, you can see four of them are the beach cities. Laguna Beach is the worst, followed by Newport Beach, Huntington Beach, and Corona Del Mar. Uh, The other places places in the county that are having significantly high uh, rates. Okay, that next one are the, that's the difference between the beach cities and the non-beach cities. You can see beach cities average 102. Per hundred thousand, non-beach cities, only eighty. In the beach cities, the people are older, they're a little bit richer, they're a lot more whiter, right? A lot less dense. That's the characteristics of the people who live in the beach cities. Most of that is contrary to what you think when of the things you've heard about um the coronavirus. And the absolutely they're so white in the beach cities that kind of runs against. Right, told to expect. Uh, right, the that the beach cities are less dense is also contrary to what's happening on a
1: on a national level. Yeah,
0: national level. But the, you know, the facts are the facts.
1: Right, right. In California, it's always been different. Uh, and then there's a lot of conspiracy theories, right? Because once the data came out that it's not pre- predominantly Hispanic or African American. They're saying, oh, they're doing this again, because uh, in the early 1900s, they used to try out vaccines first, time, <laughs> minority populations before. So they said, oh, it's happening again. So that's, again, that's why you have to do your own research. It throws on its ears what we've been hearing actually for the last two weeks. The yeah, that levers. doesn't
0: mean the national data is wrong or that my data is wrong. It just... Uh Every place, and uh, Governor Como makes this comment almost all the time. Every case, every city's an individual. You need to right. consider them and look at the...
1: Um... And another thing, too, is that uh, what he said today, and I don't remember hearing it before. However, it kind of, in a way, just makes common sense that there's different levels of the coronavirus, if you got the full coronavirus versus if you're wearing a mask and you filter it, and you get a little bit less, it's gonna affect you differently, right? But this is the first time I've heard that the strain coming in from China that hit the West Coast is different than the coronavirus that went from China to Europe and then to New York City. Yeah, I
0: think that came out about two weeks ago, that that finding, which was uh, very interesting. The chart you have up there now, So the beach cities in Orange County have significantly more uh, high percentage of people with the virus than does the rest of Orange County. When I came up with that, I looked at it in San Francisco, Los Angeles, and San Diego and nationwide. This is the only chart I have of that. But this chart here shows you the incidence per 100,000 for the beach cities in San Francisco. There's about four of each. The beach cities are in red. The cities that border on the bay, but most of the county, most of the city is inland, uh, are in uh, tan and the cities up there that aren't by the the bay at all are in blue. And you can see the average for the beach, the cities that are primarily beach city like uh, San Francisco, the average there is 66.6, that's a grim number. The cities that border on the bay, but they, most of their land is inland, are 38.1. And the cities up there that aren't on the beach at all have no access are 30.8. So that's another illustration of the fact that closeness to the, this case, it's the beach, it's the bay. Right. And But that's also true in Los, Los Angeles with the beach cities, San Diego with the beach cities, and also with um, uh, San Diego for the beach city. So whether it's beach or bay cities, the incidences are in general. You'll see in this case, no beach versus beach is about twice as high in LA. It was also about twice as high, and um, the the information is the same. Interestingly enough, with lake cities, Got so it. with beach cities, bayfront cities, and lake cities. Chicago's a lake city, Detroit's a lake city. Uh, The only county in California that has the same high rate of uh, incidents is Mono County, which is in the mountains and around Mono Lake, it's a lake county. So whether you're looking at the lake, the bay or the beach, those places run from 30 to 200% higher incidence of uh, the COVID-19 virus, whether you look at the United States, California, or the four major uh, counties in California. So when the sun is out and you're dying for something to do, think about that. You really wanna go to the beach?
1: Maybe not. Right, so that's the conclusion, right? So that's what we get from those numbers. And. Yeah, that's the data. Now, you can ask the question,
0: well, why is that? Right. And, you know, you could say, well, it's because the beach cities are more dense. No, they're not. The beach cities are less dense. Okay, you could say, well, the beach cities have more minority people. No, they have more white people. Right. A lot of what you might think uh, the reasons are, are, are not the case. And the difference, yeah, Beach City people are a little wealthier than um, inland city. It's about 87 to 96. It's not it's not as outrageous as the density numbers and the white numbers. The other thing that people have said who've seen these results, they said, well, beach cities are a lot more crowded because they're, people go to the beach. That would have been true if right. it was collected in the summertime. But this data was collected in you know, start January, February, instead of this, nobody, one of my favorite restaurants is in Newport Beach. I used to live in Newport Beach. I go down there a couple of times a month. I was at, in Newport Beach in January, in February, and, you know, the place was pretty much deserted. So, although beaches in the summertime are crowded, they weren't crowded when this, uh, when this virus took place. So the Typical reasons that people are going to tell you for why the beach cities are more infected are probably not true.
1: Very interesting. It's fascinating, Dr. Gardner. Thank you so much for doing this and having that original, uh, having that original methodology and common sense to come up with your own charts that tells a lot more than what we're getting from the county what we're getting from uh, major news sources. I think it will be a good idea to come back, right, in a month or a couple of weeks to kind of review how the data is changed. I, I,
0: I keep monitoring it uh, all the time. Uh, at some point here in Orange County, the beach cities were 200 to 250% worse than the inland cities. Now they're running about 35% worse. So the difference has come down. Uh, whether or not that's gonna continue, I don't know uh i suspect it my bet would be though with the um opening up of the beaches that in fact in about two or three weeks we're going to see a big spike right incidents not just in the beach cities but the rest of the county by the people who went to the beaches right infected there right so uh, i'm going to keep an eye on that and that's my prediction now in three weeks, we come back, you're gonna see, we're gonna have a spike from all the people uh, coming down at the beaches. If you go to the beaches, there's been in the last month or so, there's been a significant amount of research which shows that the uh, virus aerosols, when you sneeze or you cough, and uh, the stuff comes out, there two kinds of stuff come out. One are things called droplets, big gobs, and they travel about three to six feet. Some people say seven feet, which is where they got that six foot guidance. But we now know that the aerosols can travel as much as 27 feet Jeez. and stay in the air suspended for hours. What we haven't learned yet is how deadly the aerosols are. They haven't, we don't know that yet. But if the aerosols are uh, even half as contagious as the um, as the droplets, the fact that they go 27 feet may explain why the beach and the bayfront incidences are so high, because the bayfront and the beachfront and the lakefront for that matter all have much higher breezes. And the breezes are probably carrying the droplets from 6 to 12 feet and the aerosols from 27 to 50 feet. So you are probably, when you go to the beach or you go bayfront, uh, getting more infected than you thought you were because the breeze is spreading the droplets and the aerosols farther than you think they would. If you're dying to go to the beach, I don't mean literally dying to go to the beach, (laughs) although some of you will. Right? If you're very anxious to go to the beach, I would encourage you to wear a mask and I would encourage you to do a 20-foot distance at least rather than the six-foot distance. And that may be what, why the beach cities in San Diego, Orange County, uh, Los Angeles, and San Francisco have a much higher incidence.
1: Very, right, very interesting. So uh, we're in mitigation. So mitigation is going to evolve, I think, because it was six feet. Now you have to make it. People need to be probably 27 feet apart. And uh, we'll close on these two things, because I know you have to go. And I think uh, we should come back in three weeks to see what happened with uh, the numbers from- I hope I'm wrong. I sin- sincerely hope I'm wrong. I'm wrong every so often.
0: And uh, I usually don't want to be wrong. I hate being wrong. But in this case, I hope
1: I'm wrong. Right. Well, we, we don't have any control over it, and we don't- uh, Well, we, we do. They could have closed- still. There's a lot of unknowns. They could have
0: uh, closed the beaches. The cities and the county and the state could have closed the beaches. We do have control. They've decided not to, and uh, okay, let's see what happens.
1: Right, and most decisions are made a uh, combination of uh, economic and political. It's never usually one or the other.
0: Yeah, I understand the economic uh, the economic rationale. It reminds me of the joke that Jack Benny used to tell. Jack Benny was a comedian known for being stingy. Right, and. Uh, one time on his TV show, Humphrey Bogart appeared and uh, as a criminal, kind of stereotypically, Bogart. And he said, um, uh, give me your money or your life. <laughs> Benny just looked at him. Bogart was puzzled. He said, give me your money or your life. And Benny says, I'm thinking, I'm thinking.
1: All right. So one thing that we'll track in the next three weeks before we have you back is mutations, right? First, they said there wasn't going to mutate. Now they're saying it's mutating. And right. then uh, the whole antibodies, whether you get the disease once, not the disease, or the virus once, that you're immune from it. Now they're saying that might not be the case.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, personally, I'm very conservative. I almost never go out except to walk my dog. Right. We wear masks. We wear gloves. We're being overly cautious. Uh, everybody make your own decisions, but we really don't know what's going on. We don't know the con- long-term consequences of what's going on. I would recommend heartily to everybody to be overly cautious.
1: Right, oh, well, it's air on the side of uh, caution. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Garner. Look forward to it uh, three weeks from now. We'll kind I- of Thank uh, you right. very much. Thank you for listening. I love South Orange County and- podcasting like Winston Churchill said you make a living from your labor but you make a life from what you give All right. let me end the screen If you haven't heard of Anchor, it is free. It's a podcast that I use, and they really do a good job for us here at the GFSN Betting and Team Report podcast. It helps us make 70 to 80% of your bets. Now, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started, my brothers. That's the best there is.